Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Postables, you're listening to Deliver Me a Podcast brought to you by Casey, Jess, and Cammie. A special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use music on our show. Now, grab some YooHoo, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, Postables. We are back to recap our, well, it's my top favorite, (laughs) one of my top favorites. Not the top favorite. We'll get to that a little bit. But it's definitely one of my favorite movies ever. It's one of our one, two, three, four. (laughs) (laughs) But it's up there. It's It's up there. Top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Consistent top five for me. Mm -hmm. And that movie, if you haven't already guessed, is Lost Without You. Okay, so Cammie, Jess, and I, we have promised ourselves that we are going to save Shalover for very last. Otherwise, we might not get through this. Ep- I might not get through this episode. I'm already a little, like, you know, flushed over here. Yeah. But to start us off, I'm going to just recap this movie for any of you who uh, needs a little reminder, which I'm sure all of you know, but it's okay. More science what, still what to talk about. What, what if they're new postables? They may need a refresher. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know yes. what? Here you go for you new postables. Oliver's divine delivery theory is put to the test when he and the postables seem to be unable to deliver a damaged letter from a military veteran that's a matter of life or life and death. They've <laughs> always been able to deliver mail by the grace of God right at the time it's most needed. While Oliver's faith is not shaken, his father, Joe, questions this divine theory. As Norman and Rita go on a road trip to pursue leads in the urgent veterans letter, their trip takes them to the next level of the relationship and leads them to the place they're needed the most. Meanwhile, Oliver and Joe go backpacking on a father-son bonding trip during which a serious injury puts both their lives at risk. After Oliver doesn't show up at work, Shane spearheads a rescue mission and calls Oliver's police officer friend, Dale, to help. When all seems lost, what's most important is found. To everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Lost without you, my friends. There you go. Lost without you. There it is. All righty. So let's kick this off and let's just talk about one interesting character that we've heard of a lot. Her name is Eleanor. I want to Eleanor. Passports. In passports. With the blender. Yes. So Eleanor has passed away and I just want to shout out some trivia from our good friend Shandell. Oh, I I bet I bet I know what trivia you're doing. Let me see if I'm right. Okay. No, say it, say it. Oh, you want me to say it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's two facts about Eleanor. First of all, the photo that we see at the funeral is Cammy, would you like to uh, share? Martha's mommy. It is. (laughs) It is Martha Williamson's mom, which I was actually, 
okay when i saw that i didn't know that and i was like oh i is this lady actually somebody who's gone on yeah that's what i thought i said oh who is that yeah 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 (laughs) so fun fact thank you shandell for sharing that and she also shares a second trivia fact that eleanor was not supposed to be older she was she actually is credited in the pilot movie and she's supposed to be a young lady um played by a woman named lark miller and if you go to her blog post called credit extras things you didn't know you can read up on that all right so that was a fun fact about lark miller but let's go into the meat and potatoes of this the letter story we meet topper who is a military veteran. He has obvious PTSD. Um, He has this letter that he has his nephew send out, um, which it gets lost and the postables find it. And it It is a letter to- It gets destroyed. I don't know how- I don't know how it made it as far as it did. Oh my gosh. I remember I, I even wrote this down. It's like you get peanut butter and jelly all over it. A car runs over it and it gets ripped up in your bike chain. Like, what? <laughs> what the heck, kid? All you had to do was take it and put it in a post office box. I mean, come on. And the other thing, too, it's not like he went very far. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, how, how, how did he get peanut butter and jelly all over the... He was eating the sandwich, he grabbed it, and then it flew out of his hand. Are you squeezing the... Or are you smashing the bread onto the envelope, or what? (laughs) Come on! Oh, man. That's not... That's not a drop or a smudge or two. You can see through something like Mm -hmm. that, you know? (laughs) Bless his heart. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) But the letter is to Sandy, and it's a bucket list of sorts that the post will discover. Um, Did you expect Sandy to be who she turned out to be? No. Nope. Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Martha's good at tricking us. (laughs) Yes, indeed. She really, she really is. she really is and she had me baffled as to what how like how the the storylines were going to intersect with the postable storyline and the letter mm-hmm. story because it was kind of odd especially with you when we have norman and rita trekking through new mexico eating all the hot chili peppers yeah. and <laughs> oh stuff. my gosh but i was kind of like where is this going <laughs> can i can i say honestly that at first i was a little mad I I will be completely honest and say the first time I saw this movie, I thought, oh my gosh, it's what? Yeah, I I was very disappointed. And then I kept watching and I said, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So Jess, did you pick up on, as soon as you found out it was a dog, did you figure out? Yeah, I mean, you know. I don't don't really remember what I thought. I didn't, I didn't pick up, I didn't pick up what was going to happen mm-hmm. until Rita and Norman arrived. Yeah, I guess oh, I, yeah, I didn't okay. put the, the tracking put together. together. No, I didn't get But when they started, yet. when they started talking about search teams, I'm like, ah, uh, car, dog, get her out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so 
but yeah, up until that point, uh-uh. yeah, yeah, no, for me, because it, it was military, and I remember in the beginning they had the we see the the bombing of the U.S. Embassy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then I realized, oh, rescue dog, oh, at- they're attached, um, Topper and Sandy. Um, when I when it was a dog, when we figured out it was a dog, I was like, oh, okay, I see where this is going, because. Mm-hmm they were lost at that point it was a little baffling to me because sandy seemed so fine yeah i i mean that that part really confused me that the whole point of this was to get to sandy Mm -hmm. before she dies Mm -hmm. and then you know, and they talk about we almost lost her, but she was as perky as a puppy. You know, I, I mean, it's, she, yeah. she did not seem to have anything wrong. And no, you can't make a dog act like you can a person. Mm-hmm. But it just, that that part was a little harder for me to follow mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was like, okay they almost lost her yeah but nothing's changed because right. yeah. it's not like her... the letter had been lost forever you know right. no and it had time to change nothing's changed in her circumstances you know maybe mm-hmm. if she perked up a little bit once she had the shirt mm-hmm. or something like that it would have made a little bit more sense but i i was i got a little lost and that's probably why i was a little distanced from the storyline and from the emotional attachment of the storyline because I I wasn't following it very well. I'm like, she doesn't look sick to me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Sandy was depressed that the dog was not depressed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, since we're already talking about Sandy and the discovery of Sandy, let's talk about Norman and Rita. So. Dear sweet Norman and dear sweet Rita, I don't know if I'm going to get through this part. <laughs> How would you say we've seen their relationship grow? Because this this uh, this movie for them, it's so subtle in a way, but it's also so dynamic, you know, like yeah, yeah. we see this, I don't want to say it's a slow burn necessarily, but we've gone through 10 episodes a Christmas movie, and this mm-hmm. is movie number what five or six or something like that. But it's the middle of the movie canon. Yeah, we've seen their relationship go from two people who can barely look at each other <laughs> to friends to legitimate friends. We've yeah. seen them grow from friends to boyfriend girlfriend. We've seen the boyfriend girlfriend thing go into the, like awkward high school (laughs) mode like (laughs) to an actual relationship (laughs) so in this movie how would you how would you describe them because we all know what happens in the next movie won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it but yeah i mean yeah this is a comfortable like in sync they're they're in tune with one another and they're they're not like like you said they're more comfortable with each other and Norman's more encouraged to to be bold and do do bigger things and not be so inside his little shell. Mm-hmm. So there's there's no need for either one of them 
to explain anything. Mm-hmm. They they talk about things and they're discussing things and Norman is thinking about taking a job in DC, but what does Rita say? If you leave, I'm yeah. coming with you. And mm-hmm. she's very sure and very confident of that. There's and no, there's no question. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that they've reached a real level of commitment mm-hmm. where they don't have to constantly make each other feel better, mm-hmm. where they don't have to constantly assure each other. I mean, this might sound silly, but I, I look for little things as well as grand gestures and romance. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Norman was pouring hot water on her feet in the DLO after she had walked oh. so far, mm-hmm. I thought that was the sweetest thing. And then she says, oh, I'm never going to walk again. And he says, oh, yes, you will. Just not in those <laughs> shoes. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, he knows her. He mm-hmm. knows her that well. They are that comfortable with each other mm-hmm. that, you know, they're, they're just talking about shoes. And, mm-hmm. they're, and he's pouring hot water on her feet as if it's a daily ritual, you know, but it's something kind that he's doing for her and mm-hmm. showing that he loves her. So, yeah, yeah it's not, there's no need for reassurance. Right. You know, yes. there's, there's a need to talk things out. And the one time when Rita gets a little uncomfortable and, you know, they're at the motel and they're at the opposite ends of mm-hmm. the motel and Norman, you don't mind that we're not, oh, Rita, there's a time and a place to be bold. You know, I mean, just <laughs> not in Las Vegas. <laughs> So, I mean, immediately Mm -hmm. that's done. That's over. There's no more need to hash it out. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know how you can tell that they're really comfortable with each other for better, (laughs) for worse. I mean, Norman was in his boxers, man. And puking. Sweating. And And he was probably not just puking. It was probably coming out of both ends. Yeah. 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 And he was right there and was not squeamish. (laughs) Well, no. she wasn't in the bathroom with him, but she oh, that was is a in small the room. hotel room. <laughs> yeah, that is a small hotel Thin room. walls, Cammy. No, I don't know. Hey, I know. I know. Oh my gosh. I loved the garters. I loved the garters holding up his socks. That was so funny. Did you guys not see that? I don't think I noticed. <laughs> yes, yes he had. I mean, I don't know what you would call them. I, I don't think that you call them garters for men. But yeah, he had he had those things on his legs to keep yeah. up his socks. It was the funniest thing to me. It was so funny. You're going to have to go back and watch that I'll now. have to go back and look and see. Because yeah. it's not a trivia question. What color <laughs> well, were the obviously not. <laughs> They were black, by the way. <laughs> oh, good to note. Good. Yes. Jimmy, you're really looking. <laughs> I'm a married woman. Thank you. <laughs> this next segment, let's talk about Oliver and Joe O'Toole. So uh, Joe has asked Oliver to go camping with him, and Oliver proudly says that he has a date with Shane. (laughs) Yes, he does. Uh, does. And Joe is very encouraging and basically says, you get it. Let's go. 
Yeah. I love what he said. He's like, oh, another time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it didn't even phase him. Yeah. He didn't blink. He did not blink. My son has a date. My son has a date. Go now. (laughs) Very encouraging of this relationship. Very Very encouraging of this relationship. He's shipping Shaliver. He, he knows, Mm -hmm. he knows how good this woman is for his son. Oh yeah. I mean, the moment that Joe saw Shane, it was like, Match made in heaven with my son. I want you for him. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So this camping trip that Shane actually encourages Oliver to go on. I I found it fascinating that she had her dad's stuff. Yeah. She had her dad's camping gear there. Mm there with her at her apartment the only thing that i can think of is when her dad left he left it behind mm-hmm, that's kind of and when she went to colorado she figured she was going to colorado with the mountains mm-hmm. so she would might need that stuff mm-hmm. so that's my only that's my only guess is that she thought she would need the gear mm-hmm. because she was moving to colorado and she might want to do some hiking or some camping. Yeah. Makes total sense to me. Shane's a fit girl. So. Yeah, she really is. Running all those miles to go spy on a gentleman at his window. <laughs> she can handle the uh, higher altitude. <laughs> <laughs> so after Shane encourages Oliver to go camping with his dad, Oliver, bless his heart, who's probably never spent a day outside like that (laughs) meets his dad and they go up to the mountains um i just personally i love the relationship that we've seen in joe and oliver yeah there's just something very special about like the prodigal son returning you know yeah my mom uh, when she would watch these with me, she she saw them back when I saw them, but she mm-hmm. doesn't rewatch things like I do. <laughs> and so this, so when they started showing them on Thursday nights, she set time aside to watch them mm-hmm. with me, and it was kind of like our postables night. And she said, "How on earth did that man raise?" A son like that. I said, <laughs> well, he left home at 18. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> or at 17 or something like that. So, <laughs> so maybe that has something to do with it. You know? So I always thought that he just really respected his grandfather. And I, I would assume his grandfather would be as old fashioned as Oliver is or at least a lot more old-fashioned than Joe yeah (laughs) too though because Oliver is so like traumatized by people leaving him he got like the old-fashionedness and the rules became a protection for him because Mm. it's ah yes you know what I mean it's almost like his his security blanket yeah definitely it's not the right word but no it no that that works it was just it was just funny that my mom would say how did that man (laughs) raise a son like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love Norman's comment too. Oliver doesn't like to live outside. <laughs> at least not on at least not on purpose. <laughs> that did make me giggle. I love oh that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
so Joe O'Toole trips and he has a nasty cut. And puncture wound. A puncture like wound. <laughs> Did you guys see the like the sepsis coming mm-hmm. at all? My mom's a nurse, so I totally suck. I mean, my, like, that's not good. <laughs> my parents are nurses too, but I was kind of like, I mean, a cut's a cut. <laughs> I, and I, I think it's because I think it's also because it didn't seem that bad. Like it seemed like just a sliver. Like, eh, right. It wasn't like gushing, <laughs> right? Spewing. I didn't necessarily see sepsis happening, but I did see something serious happening because. Mm. In a movie like this, or really in anything that shows an injury, yeah, you know it's going to be the reason for it. The reason, or mm-hmm. it's going to turn into something more serious. I'm reminded of a Little House on the Prairie episode, actually, where Caroline gets um, Caroline gets a, a little a small cut from mm-hmm. a nail sticking out of the wagon. She just scrapes her leg. That's it. She just, she just scrapes her leg on the nail and she looks down at it. Oh, darn it. You know, that's all. And Mm -hmm. oh, I'll have to take off my stockings and repair them and blah, blah, blah. And by the end of the episode, she has a horrible infection and she has to cut it out with Mm. the knife in order Mm -hmm. to save her life. Yeah. And so that you know, there is, there would be no reason for Joe to get Mm -hmm. an injury of any kind, unless it was going to turn into something more serious. So I didn't necessarily see sepsis coming because I don't have parents in the medical field. I don't have any, I don't have any family in the medical field. So I don't know a whole lot of medical terms and I don't know signs and all that, but I knew it was going to turn into something serious if it mm-hmm. was there. Yeah. yeah. We were kind of tipped off too, because afterwards, like the camera shot right back to that little spot on the log, like almost yeah. like a eerie uh, moment. You're like, uh-huh. something, something's, something's going on. Something's wrong. Yeah. Something's fishy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, Oliver and Joe try to get back to the parking lot, but they can't get back. They basically make a giant circle, and then they have to spend yet another <laughs> night in the woods. Um, first of all, how cold was that? Like, it looked super frigid. And if you see the behind-the-scenes pictures, you see all of them in gigantic, like, coats. Jackets. Yeah, like... Coats. I remember distinctly when Shane went to go to uh, Joe's house, you could see her breath. Mm-hmm. Like, it was that cold. Yeah. So, yeah, it was not, it was not warm. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Anything else about this scene before we dive in? Well, I just, I want to say something about their relationship really fast. Joe, yes, go ahead. Yeah. The scene where Joe confesses that Oliver has been to the woods before because that's, because that's going to come up a little bit later Mm -hmm. and just how that one moment, I think kind of solidified Oliver's personality and his fear of the outside world Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to go back to the woods and he had been begging his parents to take him before. Mm Mm-hmm. And so his father bought him a record of the Rocky Mountain birds. Mm-hmm. 
And, and that's a nice tie-in too, like a continuity thing with the edge of forever. When he notices the bird, he knows what bird it is. Mm-hmm. It kind of like all ties back into the bird mm-hmm. theme. So like, yeah. yeah, that's a nice tie-in. And then when when Joe is delirious, that is a point where I almost started crying. Mm. It, because he's just babbling. Yeah. And he and he's lost in time. And it's okay, Ollie. Your mom and I argue sometimes and he's shivering mm-hmm. and he has no comprehension of what is going on. Yeah. And, and that is the moment that he is reliving mm-hmm. when he has to explain to his son that he and his mom argue sometimes, but you go have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, oh, and then. And then, you know, he wakes up and, Ollie, Ollie, I'm, r- I'm right here, Dad. I'm right here. I love you, Ollie. Yeah, just like, oh. <laughs> 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 oh, just, I mean, as movie watchers, we know that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Because it, it wouldn't be a movie if it wasn't. But this is one of those moments when you are caught up in the in the suspense of it all yeah you know and you're just caught up in in that moment yes especially knowing how terrible oliver was to his dad prior to all of this i mean he shunned his dad for 13 years 15 15 years 15 all the letters returned all the letters and had threw them away at that one at that one point yep yep I mean, he wanted nothing to do with his dad, knowing that his mom left him, knowing that his dad wasn't even his biological father. I mean, like the two of them have gone through so much and to see them at this point where they can take a father-son bonding trip in order to kind of make up for lost time, if you will, in a sense. And then his father's almost dying here. I I mean, it makes you kind of stop to think about these circumstances of these these times especially with what little time we have with you know parents specifically that was one thing that I realized too is like you know we shouldn't we can't waste time with like loved ones parents siblings and argue over stupid silly things all the time yeah um but that was my big takeaway from the Oliver Joe relationship in this movie there there's also a shout out to James Jandrish the fact that the fact that the hallelujahs are the background music mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. a lot of people may look at that as a strange choice but i saw it as so appropriate because the mood was so reverent yes mm-hmm. you yeah, know there's a sacredness to it there mm-hmm. was I mean, you're in the mountains where a lot of people believe is the closest you can get to God's presence. Mm -hmm. You have that father-son relationship that is mending, Mm -hmm. which is very sacred, especially Mm -hmm. when it's been torn apart. You have the worry for others and the concern for others' safety and Rita and Norman rushing to to get there as fast as they can and it's just there there was such a sacred there was such a sacred feel that to put in sacred music right there right was so 
was, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be my first choice, but it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, it, oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of sacredness too, we see now Shane has, she calls for help because Oliver has not returned yet. She and Dale go up to the mountains and um, she tells Rita and Norman, like Oliver and his dad, they're lost. And Rita says, well, please pray. And she's like, I don't know how. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. But then you see that she goes into a private area and she finds a way to pray and she does her best she does her best and it's a pivotal point for her too because you know we go back to the pilot she is not she does not believe in much less anything obviously because she doesn't believe in the divine letter theory as whereas oliver is like you know there's a reason for everything these Mm -hmm. are it's a divine delivery. He doesn't say those exact words, but there's so much faith and he's just picking random letters out. And he's like, it'll get to him, you know, trust the timing, blah, blah, blah. And Shane's all like, what is this? But yeah. through this journey of just watching these letters being delivered at just the right time and seeing Oliver in his faith throughout multiple times. I mean, there was the time when Rita was at the pageant and she couldn't remember the, the, the mules and she's like do that thing you do and he's like I already am and we see him praying and giving that beautiful speech at edge of forever he he does the eulogy for Eleanor's um funeral I mean she has the treasure box the treasure box too praying praying for a way to get out yeah and he never preaches at her and he never tells her what to do he just always he just does it because that's just a part of who he is right and that Mm -hmm. influence just you know, it, it took for Oliver to be lost in the woods <laughs> for her to, you know, come to that point. But it's a beautiful moment just with everything going on. And it's such a pivotal switch for Shane and her growth, too. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a turning point because this is like you said, like treasure box where she asked Oliver to pray or in the with the um the mules or whatever she's always turned to oliver as her mm-hmm. rock but this is the first time where she's she's she kind can't. of forced to seek god yeah like, directly a rock Instead is of, gone <laughs> like god is now her rock and not not oliver so mm-hmm. yeah it really kind of forces her to to kind of t- to own that that relationship mm-hmm. because she's used you know this movie she she looks at dale and oliver and you can tell she's having doubts like they're more suited for each other they have that faith component mm-hmm. and she's open to it but we kind of really see her begin that conversion here mm-hmm. which is really beautiful yeah all right so speaking of dale travers dale. Oh, <laughs> dale 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 okay first of all have you guys noticed that dale and shane have neutral gender names yes i have noticed that i did not i did not that did not cross my mind that both of them do yeah oh my gosh oh my gosh i mean i i noticed that (laughs) dale i know that i noticed that dale was a very male name you know and so i i thought that maybe they were giving giving her a more male name because she's in a man's world she's a detective and you know quote unquote man's world thing yeah but uh oh my gosh i'm ashamed to say that no i didn't notice (laughs) you've blown cammy's mind 
And then also the other thing that I noticed is that Oliver, he kind of has a weird type-ish in a way. So Shane and Holly, they don't necessarily look like each other, but they seem to have some kind of resemblances i i don't know what it is maybe it's their maybe it's they're their both long... they're both assertive they're both assertive that's it, what i'll say i mean i, I don't the know long hair no i mean <laughs> so if you if you look at a side if you look at a there's a picture of the two of them and it's just like i don't, I don't know if it's maybe it's just the picture but there's just something about the two of them that i'm kind of like oh, okay i mean personality wise and everything they're completely different but like look wise I'm, it's just i don't know there's just something there but then also holly and dale are both redheaded mm-hmm. yeah and then shane's like the bright blonde you the know blonde. <laughs> it's, it's it's very interesting to me his his type of women and then then they're also really different personality wise too yeah you have- i was to say it's it's more interesting that he chose holly over dale because he already was friends with uh, if i was oliver i chose dale in a heartbeat but whatever that's another story yeah <laughs> like she shows so much character in this movie like she's a stand-up woman like she comforts shane she does even though she in an ideal world would want to be with oliver right but she's there for shane like like whoa woman it is it is hard to say who would get the MVP award for this movie, but a lot of me wants to say it's Dale. Yeah. Dale's great. We she, need her to have like a resolution story. Like we need to know like she ends up with somebody great. Not Lester. Yeah. Not Lester. Not Lester. <laughs> but we love you, Lane. We love you, Lane. We don't like Lester. <laughs> <laughs> so Maybe she would encourage Lester to grow. <laughs> grow, grow to grow up. Yeah. Uh, doubtful okay so question because dale is she's a mixed review among fans people either love her people either hate her or people just don't care um how can you not love her she she arrests people she's the mistress of the robes i mean come on her life is not nearly as exciting as it sounds (laughs) yeah i mean well she doesn't sing when she's packing so yeah But is Dale a threat? If you didn't know anything else, is Dale a threat? If you didn't know anything else, of course. Beautiful woman, accomplished, amazing character-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's completely a threat. And shares the faith that Oliver, you know, holds in such esteem. That's very important to him. See, I don't see her as a threat. <laughs> because wow. she and she, I, I, I don't. She and Oliver are just, they have this sibling vibe going on. Up, well, you, said, you said if you didn't know anything yeah, else. Like, no, I'm talking okay. about if I didn't know anything else, higher ground and forward. I mean, yeah, objectively, I, I think she's a threat. But when you see them together, you, I would agree. You get more of a we're good friends, brother, sister kind of vibe. With an exception of a few moments, I think there's a little chemistry between them. A few moments where you see there's in the hospital in the hospital there at the end that was no brother sister no that was definitely but it's always one-sided though that's what i've noticed oh yeah and you know the fact that he asked where is shane yeah you saw that look in her eyes Mm -hmm. that was resolved Mm -hmm. you know maybe she wanted to see because of this whole scary thing 
because he, she held it in much better because she's a professional and she's a cop mm-hmm. and she's right. not gonna she's not gonna show emotions but yeah. but i think in my opinion this situation maybe brought forward some things that she felt for oliver that she mm-hmm. had tampered down yes yeah and- they had kind of already had that conversation in one in a million where you're like it's not happening yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but but she but she sees him she puts her hands to his face yeah there in the in the hospital and she was talking to him she was being the tiniest bit flirty and then he says where is shane and And then her face falls Mm -hmm. you saw her fall a little bit he doesn't want me and then resolve but I think she already knew that. He, but there was- he, she did, but it was like a one last hope thing. Yeah. Right. And, and then she was completely resolved. Yes. Yes. Because she had always been very guarded. And like I said, like, there were a few moments where it was definitely more one-sided on her part. But when she sees Oliver in the hallway, like her guard has completely fallen at yeah. that moment. Completely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I never really, I honestly never really saw Dale as a threat just because they seem too much, they're, one, they're too alike <laughs> in a lot of different ways. And sometimes that's not a good thing. I mean, yes, be alike in religion and politics, but like, you know, if he likes blue and you like pink, well, whatever, you know, if he <laughs> likes pizza and you hate pizza, that's fine too. Um, but I, 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 I personally, I like Dale for all the reasons y'all said. I really hope she gets a resolve, like you guys said. Yeah. And I appreciate- to find somebody. Yes. And I appreciated the fact that she didn't, her claws didn't come out. Oh yeah. No, she's not catty they could have. They could have. They could have come out big time with all that alone time that she and Shane had. Mm-hmm. Oh, she could have been so manipulative. She could, she, she could have been so passive aggressive. Yeah. yeah. She didn't do a single bit. Very. And if anything, I think she was, she really was looking out for Shane. Cause even the way she phrased, like when, you know, Shane was basically asking how worried should I be? You know, she didn't like try to freak her out. She just, she kind of chose her words carefully. And, mm-hmm you know, that it's, it's concerning, you know, when they don't come back kind of yeah. thing. Well, and when Shane said, well, we see that I can't handle it. Shane could have easily said, no big mm-hmm. deal. You know, we all lose it sometimes. And she doesn't. Yeah. She said, no, you followed your instincts. You made the call and you waited until it felt safe mm-hmm. to break down. And Shane says, am I safe? Mm-hmm. I, that's a loaded gun right there. That is a loaded question. Yeah. And and, Sh- and Dale says, Oliver is my friend. And that is, mm-hmm. that is Dale telling Shane, I am not going to get in the way. I am right. not going. I'm stepping to- back. Yeah. I'm stepping yeah. back. Yeah. She just had to do it for herself in mm-hmm. Oliver's eyes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder why they never got together. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the the one line that we get is the timing was never right, which I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Baloney. It's been 16 <laughs> years. You know? Okay. So we, we've done the, we've done the math. So at this point, Holly and Oliver probably would have been married. What? Three years ish. Let's, let's be liberal. Okay. Three so, years. Yeah. Let's they probably knew each years. other three minutes so they probably 
three and a half years. Dale and Oliver knew each other for 16 years, minus three and a half. That is 13 and a half years for you to keep missing the timing. Oliver's a slow mover. <laughs> yeah, we know that, but still. I mean, we, and we also find out that he has a guard up when it comes to women, too. Mm-hmm. But. But. <laughs> but Dale yeah. scared him too much because she was always packing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's, those are some things that make you go, hmm. Well, and he had an inclination towards her, too. He had a crush I mean, on her. A bit he of a crush. Had, yeah, he had a bit of a crush. You yeah, know, I mean, maybe, maybe it was the guilt because he felt so guilty that he was going to see her and the mailbox blew up and he just couldn't do it. That's it's true. That, that's a good point that he pulled away from her romantically because he, he so associated. He associated it with that and mm-hmm. it's possible definitely yeah. yeah and i mean he is the type of person to be motivated by rules and regulations and the law like he's just a firm believer in black and white and so i can totally see him being like i did not follow my rules that i have set for myself therefore because i didn't follow my rules i cannot pursue this woman i have a bit of a crush on put himself in a relationship uh, are you now. getting a little irish are you getting a little irish there sir casey at all <laughs> um but anyways yeah just post let us know what you think about dale are you team dale are you team anti-dale and we didn't even talk about the killer scene where where um where shane asked about prayer that, like, is one of oh. the best lines in the entire movie. Now, we need to make a disclaimer here that we're not Team Dale for her to be with Oliver. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we need to we make that very clear. We just love Dale as a person because she is amazing. Mm-hmm. And she puts up with a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's no guile. There is no guile. The one time I have seen her unpleasant is when she's dealing with Lester. You know? <laughs> That's the only time when she has been unpleasant. She even she wasn't even unpleasant with Curly. You know, I mean, <laughs> so and, Well, she was probably like, he's a senile man, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, she could have handled yeah. him a little bit more hostile mm-hmm. hostily. Yeah. And she didn't. Yeah, yeah. The one time that I have seen her the one time that I have seen her unpleasant at all mm-hmm. is yeah. when she's dealing with a very unpleasant man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I still wanted her to say, you know, I have a gun, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm packing. I'm packing. packing. All righty. Anything else about <laughs> Dale before we move on? Well, let's, let's talk about that killer line. Let's talk yeah. about it. Let's yeah. go. Because, you know, Shane is having her turning point moment. And she asks, well, if, if God has everything figured out, what's the, what's the point of praying for anything? Which is a really, objectively, is a really good question. You it know, is a if, good question. If you have this idea that, well, God's already got the plan, so what is me, you know, asking for anything going to do to change it? And then Dale has the great response of, well, I guess I don't pray to change God. I pray to change me. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, mind blown. Like, I remember when I first watched that, my mind was literally blown. I'm just sitting there probably with my mouth hanging open, like, whoa, like that's deep. 
That's and two why lines. have we never thought of that? <laughs> it's just two lines. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, so, uh, Psalm 37.4 says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And a lot of people mistake that for, oh, if I, if I am good for God, he's going to give me what I want. It's actually mm-hmm. not saying that. It's saying exactly what Dale says, is that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, we become more like him. Therefore, what we want is what he wants. Our right. wills are aligned with him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So really, it's us changing and not us, you know, using God as a genie. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So Because that is, that is the one thing that we have complete power over. Mm-hmm. We have our will and we have our agency and our choices. And because everything else is somehow tied to blessings that we are, that we have been granted. You know, the, the clothes on our back, the food we eat, the jobs we have, you know, but the one thing that we have complete control over is our will and the choices that we make. Mm -hmm. And so when we hand that back over to God by saying, thy will be done, that is the greatest show of faith that we can do because it's the one thing that we have control over. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's an, an extremely profound line that yes. we pray Deep to stuff. change that we pray to change ourselves because that's what we are trying to do. We are mm-hmm. trying to change mm-hmm. ourselves to be more like God, to mm-hmm. see our to see things the way he does. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Yeah. Whew, enough from oh, the Martha. Enough, enough from the pulpit. <laughs> oh, Martha is right. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? Are you guys ready? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Jess is like, I'm gonna sit back now, grab my mop, and see these two girls yeah. cry. <laughs> before, before, before we go into Shalover, can we just talk about the mole sauce? <laughs> Oh, we talked. Yeah. We talked about the about the motel room by itself, but can we just talk about the Malay sauces? Sure. <laughs> Watching poor Norman poor go Norman. through all that, he gave his whole heart and soul into that letter and his and lower intestine. <laughs> and I love how Rita's is like so excited to be eating all these like super hot Malay sauces. I mean, I even wrote it right. I wrote it down right here in my notes. Get this man some milk. (laughs) Everybody knows to temper the heat on your tongue and the spice to drink milk. (laughs) At least I thought that was common knowledge. (laughs) Nobody's doing it. Get this man some milk. I never, I don't even eat chili without a glass of milk nearby. You know, so just like get this man some milk. He probably ran out too fast before they can give him some milk. (laughs) Probably. Poor Norman. Sacrificing everything. Uh, (laughs) Sacrificing the contents of his stomach, that's for sure. There's another Dark of Night award. (laughs) Oh, now that does deserve a Dark of Night award. Putting himself in physical harm. (laughs) Yeah, can you just see Grandpa Norman? Oh, kids, I got this Dark of Night award. (laughs) 
Back in the year 2015, I had to eat 27 hot chili peppers. And I got diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) I got this Dark of Night Award because I got diarrhea. (laughs) Oh, we need to to tell Jeff that one, see what he thinks. (laughs) Grandpa Norman. Grandpa Norman. Now that would be Grandpa Norman. (laughs) Hashtag movie. 70. I yeah. know. <laughs> let's get them. Let, yeah, let's let's get Shawliver married off first. Before we get them married off first, let's get them together. <laughs> Speaking of Shawliver. Speaking yeah. of Shawliver. So okay. when Shane decides to send Oliver off camping, he's very concerned about their date. And you got to feel a little sorry for him because it's almost like a, are you trying to get rid of me? But yeah. Shane it comforts, like she reassures him that she is not going to return to Montaldo's without him. And with that word, I think Oliver's fears were gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when she said, mm-hmm. I'm not going back to Montaldo's without you. Mm-hmm. Fear gone. Yeah. Bye. I'm leaving. You're right. Well, and he, all, like, he does call her Shane. Oh, he calls mm-hmm. her Shane. She loves that. Yes, she <laughs> she her, she's got she's got those eyes going. <laughs> <gasps> okay, so jumping to the end of the movie, the scene that everybody, most everybody that I know loves, the chapel scene. Um so first of all, this is my favorite Shawliver scene ever because it's the one scene that gives all the emotions for me. It hits every single one. <laughs> and like, I just like start crying like a baby. <laughs> Candy's already starting. Oh no. Oh no. But okay. before, before we get too deep, I have one comment about the scene and then you guys can gosh all you want about the Shawliver moment. I have one comment. Okay. My thing that I always like, the first thing I notice about this scene, I make this point every time I talk about this scene, is the fact that so when Oliver is like with his dad and comes out, he meets Dale in the hallway, mm-hmm. but Shane is in the chapel, right? And I just think that's such a beautiful commentary by Martha that Shane's first reaction was to go to God in gratitude instead of like reassuring herself by seeing Oliver, kind of like Dale did. Mm-hmm. And like that was a really like beautiful like way of like reminding us to like seek god for gratitude like yes the things he gives us and things like that oh that is that's good or or is that the place that shane knew oliver would come maybe but she said she was just so grateful she does true true she does but- I mean, she also knows Oliver, and that had to be. <laughs> well, so story. does Dale. Yes. She was not in the job. Well, but she was on the way. Yeah, you know, he didn't turn. He didn't turn around and go back the other way. He kept walking. So that was. I mean, both of them have to know that the first place he's gonna go, once he leaves Dad's room, mm-hmm. is the chapel. No, so Jesse, you make a good point. I, I, I actually, I think I, I tend to agree with you on that because she does say that she was so grateful and it is a good tie-in because Martha never does anything willy-nilly. Like everything no. has a meaning. Yeah. Um, and Shane 
easily could have convinced as she was on the debate team in high school she could have convinced <laughs> those nurses or yeah. the doctors to let her stand outside the emergency room where all where where joe mm-hmm. was um and she i mean there are lots of things she could have just walked in there there are a lot of places where she could have gone to be closer to oliver instead mm-hmm. of the chapel i mean for me by nature now I, you know I am a Christian and so I do believe in God and stuff, but if something like where that if something like that were to happen, my inclination probably wouldn't be to go to the chapel at a hospital. It'd be right. to go to my loved one, you know? Right. You want to see them and like have that yeah, you assurance. Wanna, right. But right. I think it's because in this episode she finally trusted God for herself. Mm-hmm. And then um so it was like her first instinct was to mm-hmm. go back to him, which yeah. I think is really beautiful that Martha does that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So speaking of Oliver, so Oliver asked Dale, where is Shane? Do you think that Oliver knew that Shane was going to be in the chapel? No. Because he even says, yeah, he makes the I did not expect to see you here. So it's the last place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love when he walks in, he walks in just normally and he like dead stops. <laughs> as soon as he sees Shane and it's almost like a am I see like am I delirious now you know that moment where he needs some water am I hallucinating <laughs> am I hallucinating have I spent too much time in the Rocky Mountains <sighs> that mountain air is getting to me <laughs> <laughs> but I love how he walks towards her and he she sees they both they see each other and Shane is like sobbing as we all are at this point did you guys expect her to jump up and throw her arms around him because I did and I expected more of a reaction yeah what we got. she yeah. I, I, I didn't be, because I just I don't know with how emotional Shane is mm-hmm. and you know her inclination when things were falling apart with, uh, with, when things were falling apart with Holly, when things were falling mm-hmm. apart with his dad, is to be close to him mm-hmm. and to, you remember, I just want to throw my arms around you mm-hmm. and tell you everything's going to be okay, but I know it's not what you want since when has that stopped you? Mm-hmm. Boom. You know, so I just, I didn't. I, I mean, I'm not disappointed with how mm-hmm. the scene turned out. I'm not disappointed that she didn't. I just thought that, I, I thought that maybe she might have. See, I, I don't know if I would have seen that because that the chapel is such a sacred place. No, I'm not talking about but, this loud jumping up and no, down, no. but just he sits down and just, oh, you know, that but, kind of thing. But they're also not at that they're not at that comfort level yet with each other. That's very true. But, you know, like she after... had, but she had to ask permission for her to hug Oliver, you know, and oh, like, that, that other time, that yeah. other time. And then all these other times have been a messed up date interruption after interruption, yeah. the most touching they've ever done. Rhythm. <laughs> right. Right. And even yeah. the dancing, you know, this it, it, within the movies are, they're, they're still very stiff. I mean, they're very moving. formal, very formal. Like they're not at that level of, you know. Yeah. The one time when they broke the formality was in the vault. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and he was comforting her and hugging mm-hmm. her. So yeah, I guess, but see, I kind of view, I kind of view this, even though, 
even though Oliver wasn't really in any danger because mm-hmm. he's fine mm-hmm. and he's not he's not gonna die from starvation after one night um, but uh but uh this still you know she thought that maybe something was wrong with him right and uh and so just like they thought they were gonna die in the vault she thought that he was gonna die up there on that mountain and so i i thought maybe maybe she might have reacted a little bit more strongly to his Mm -hmm. presence but like i said i'm not the least of it disappointed by the scene it was just it was just a thought i had yeah yeah um and as so as they're talking and shane is crying like i said as we all are crying at least kemi and i are crying (laughs) Um, i i may have the first time i i don't think i have since (laughs) it's okay it's okay it's okay if you have since too (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely okay (laughs) anyways this this scene this is the first one of the very first times we see Oliver completely release everything. You know, all of that formality, all of that guilt. And if you notice too, going back to Shandell's wardrobe theory, Oliver is in, he's not in a suit. Nope. And the suit is his armor, as she puts it. Yeah. He is not in a suit. He is just in plain clothes, jeans, a button up that was like unbuttoned down to like, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but it was like really unbuttoned. He was very disheveled for Oliver. Unshaven. Unshaven. He missed his morning ablution. Oliver, must never forsake those morning ablutions. Right. Even if you're in the mountains. <laughs> must find clean water to shave but it's an interesting it's an interesting parallel between him letting his guard down and telling shane that he did leave his trouble he left his troubles behind on the mountains and that he was going to you know make them a, a more than a thing and that um every woman that he's ever cared about has broken his heart i mean you don't just tell that to your best friend you know what i'm saying i wrote i wrote it down right here every woman in my life and he's saying every word so deliberately yeah. mm-hmm. it was that, such emotion uh-huh I mean, yeah he was on the brink of tears and oliver is hardly ever on the brink of tears mm-hmm. and so every woman in my life who truly mattered has broken my heart I know that breaks my heart. <laughs> oh man, I remember the first time I watched that, I was just like crying. I'm just like, Oliver, you're right. Every woman has broken your heart. Like your mom and your wife. Dang. Well, I, well, I notice who truly mattered. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like his second grade teacher broke his heart <laughs> or anything like that. Right. But- right she didn't truly matter right (sighs) that also shows that dale doesn't truly matter in that high of an Mm -hmm. emotional sense because she's never broken his heart that's That's true (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that just that shows where where oliver has that that shows where she is Mm -hmm. in an oliver level Mm mm-hmm 
yeah. Anyways, super beautiful. And then the other quote I have here that I wrote down, I have it on my blog, um, 25 reasons you should watch Signs Still Delivered. Um, a little plug there. <laughs> Here's what I wrote. This scene in Lost Without You gave me all the feels. I mean, the vulnerability in Shane and Oliver's growth as individuals and as a couple had me sobbing. Yes, I cry a lot watching this show, but it's all good tears, I promise. Billy Joel's song, And So It Goes, in this scene is absolute perfection for these two characters. And here are the two lines that are so simple yet so powerful. Shane says, you would be surprised what I'm starting to believe. And Oliver says, thank you for saving my life. And out of context, it sounds so basic, right? Like, it, yeah. it sounds pretty cliche and so basic, but just knowing what they've been through, knowing the situations, knowing everything, it, and knowing Oliver's backstory, I mean, thank you for saving my life, and not just on the mountain and making the call, but, like, saving his life from a life of misery. I, I don't know. I don't want to say Solitude. Oliver, yeah, and I don't know that Oliver was completely miserable, but he wasn't completely 100% joyfully happy either. He no, wasn't he living was alone. his best life. Yeah, he was, he was alone. alone. He was stoic. Shane really brought something out in him that he hadn't seen before. And mm -hmm. they made each other better people for it. And I just, I love that line. I love how Martha just writes these lines in such a way that it has a double meaning. So... Can we talk about what he left with her on her hand? We sure can. Oh, we need some fans in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Once again, out of context, big deal. He kissed her hand. But in context, I mean... I don't even know what to compare this to <laughs> on an Oliver level. It's, it's huge. It's huge because this is not a gentleman taking a lady's hand. I, I wouldn't expect Oliver to do that because even though he's into formalities, that's, that's just something that was done in another time. Yeah. It's like yeah. the gesture itself has a formality about it, but there's nothing formal about the way he does it right right so but yeah that was not that was not a gentleman taking a lady's hand and kissing it hello that was <laughs> that was a lifeline that was a drink of water who for a man who has walked through a desert you know <laughs> it was very sacred it was it was very sacred i i mean it was almost like a vow of sorts being in the chapel Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be really, uh, to be honest with you, it would be really weird if they had their first real kiss in the chapel. That would be weird. <laughs> after having gone through this trauma, after have, Shane has found God and Oliver is there and their faiths are now connecting and then they're going to like have this romantic kiss in the chapel. It doesn't make sense. You're but right. everything else, like him taking her hand and, and it's not just like a gentle take either. It's like he takes her hand like... It is a vow. Well, and she's got she's got her hand on his face, and then he takes it from his face and kisses it. It's so connected and it so is. deep and so emotional. I, I mean, mean this is this is the kind of kiss. This is the kind of kiss that you can 
watch it happen, look down, look back up, and it's still happening. You know? <laughs> yes. He doesn't just peck her hand either. He kisses uh-uh. her hand. I mean, wow. Wow. It, it says something. It does. It does. It brings their yeah. relationship so much deeper and it sets them up for the next movie. And it's just, there's so much packed in there. And then also too, after the kiss of the hand, she leans her head on his shoulder and he looks at her like he's thinking about kissing her, but he knows that's not the right time yet. And then he like leans his head on her too. <laughs> if they had been in a more advanced relationship, not necessarily higher ground level when he actually kisses her, but if they had been in a slightly more advanced relationship than they were, I would have liked to see a kiss on the forehead. It was not the time right there, mm-hmm. but you know when he's kind of leaning into her, mm-hmm. that would have been a really great time for a kiss on the forehead if they had been a little bit further. Yeah. 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 Too bad they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay it sets us up for the next movie but i also love the pan out the final scene of them and just the mm-hmm. two of them in the chapel with the lights coming through it's just oh it's so beautiful you guys this is my favorite scene this is my favorite shawl yeah. scene ever <laughs> do you guys find it interesting that the scene in the chapel has billy joel and the scene in the car and the mountains has hallelujah Mm. that you know it's not necessarily that they should switch because billy joel would not have fit there Mm -hmm. right but they both made sense where they were yeah absolutely but isn't it interesting Mm -hmm. that the sacred music what we see as sacred music is not in the chapel but the scene does not seem any less sacred right that's really interesting to me now and (laughs) i i think when you read the lyrics of and so it goes it's a reflection Mm -hmm. of oliver really moving past yeah he's moving past his hurt in that song and so it goes is about someone being hurt i only felt the thorns oliver only felt heartbreak yeah it's like it's like it's about him (laughs) In every heart, there is a room, a sanctuary, safe and strong to heal the wounds well, from right lovers' there. past right there. until sanctuary. a new one comes along. Sanctuary, right mm-hmm. there. That that alone makes it fit the chapel right there. Right. And I don't, I honestly think, because again, Martha, and I think I saw, I might have seen this on Chandel's blog, but every, 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 every little detail in Signed, Sealed, Delivered has some kind of meaning. Yeah. Everything, like Martha is she's got 90 minutes to produce a movie i mean she's going to pack as much in and this song and so it goes it's it was their song that they danced to in the masterpiece that they couldn't do the recital because oliver is a stand-up guy and he has to stick to his beliefs and you know he can't dance with another with another woman on his anniversary (laughs) with holly and that's and so it goes and then we're closing this loop with oliver and shane of okay to go forward yes exactly choosing full circle it's a full circle moment and it's like the song it's a bookend for that chapter of their relationship um 
you draw a circle and then you move it forward. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. But I, I will be surprised if I will be surprised if we see this again, this song, because it's a bookend. No, that's that's true. But it, I think it could be a very good bookend as their first dance. Oh, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. <laughs> I mean, is there any other song that could fit them as well to be their first dance for their reception? I mean, the song has a lot of meaning for them, but right. lyr- lyrically. It, no, it lyr- no lyrically it doesn't make sense, but mm-hmm. it's almost their song, you know? I think it, I think it could be. I think it could be oh. their mm-hmm. first dance. Postables, let us know what you think. What is their first song going to be? Yeah, Postables, let us know if you think that And So It Goes by Billy Joel will be the first dance. Or if you don't think that, let us know what you think their first dance song will be. Alrighty, so Postables, we have something fun for you. Just take it away. All right, so as we've talked about, Lost Without You is one of my top five of the SSD movies because of the great spiritual elements in it. And so I've taken one of my favorite quotes from the lovely Dale and created a little quote painting, if you can see it. And I'm doing a giveaway for it. So this could be yours Um, to enter. All you have to do is comment on either the Twitter or the Instagram post about this episode and then um, paste a copy of that comment into the raffle copter uh, link that we will post along with the episode. Um, and just because of postage and shipping and all that, it's only open to residents of the U.S. So I'm sorry, international postables. I still love you. <laughs> I just want to say this is how I met Jess. That's true. Yes. Oh, Jess, yes. Yeah. Jess and I met because I entered. I didn't even remember that I had entered. <laughs> which is so sad, but I entered her contest to have a painting given to me and it was her painting, Trust the Timing. Which also has, from this episode? Also from this episode. And it has been so incredibly helpful through the happenings in my life in the last few years. But yeah, that's how Jess and I met. So Maybe she'll become a great friend of yours too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> be friends with me. Take my painting. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who are listening on audio, the painting is "I Pray to Change Me." Oh and yes, thank you. Forgot about that. Yeah, no problem. You can um, go check it out on Instagram and Twitter, as we will have a photo of it there, so you can see that. And um, did we? Uh, we did not talk about your other little fun thing. Oh, yeah. I have a little show and tell today, apparently. So when I last, I think it was last year. Time is irrelevant now. Yes, it was last uh, October. Last November. November. Last November, I got to meet some of the postables in person for the first time in Florida. And one of the postables, I'm very sorry, I do not remember who gave these out, but they gave out these little cute Christmas decorations. But it's a dog putting a letter in a mailbox and they got it because it reminded them of Sandy and the, the big mailbox from this episode. So it made me think of uh, this episode. It's very cute. Aww. Super fun. All right. Are you guys ready for some trivia? No. I am ready. 
All righty. Number one, who used more than 6,000 ships to deliver mail during the Mongol Empire? Kublai Khan. That is correct. Eleanor went as who for Halloween? Say that again. <gasps> who did Eleanor go as for Halloween? Something delivering mail. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. <laughs> this historical person delivered mail to Paris. Ironically enough. I'm stumped. His baby was kidnapped. Oh, Lindbergh? Yes, that is correct. (laughs) Who found Topper's mail, or sorry, who found Topper's letter in the mailbox? What's the name of the guy? He works in the props department. Yeah, I remember his name. Um, oh shoot! Hold, hold on. Did I write it down by some chance? Um. Just start throwing out dude names. Kyle, Darren, Don, Mark. <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Oh my gosh, really? I mean, this is a very spiritual episode. episode. (laughs) But those are all incorrect. His name was Bobby. (laughs) Always go with Bob. If they ever ask you a name of a guy, just say Bob. Bob. Robert. Dated a guy named Bob. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What did the t-shirt say? Assume nothing. nothing. Yes, that is correct. All right. Norman said he takes the letter out of the DLO and he says, I haven't read it in compliance with postal privacy code. What? 10 one P. Yes. <laughs> no, I wrote it down. <laughs> I can't find it. And one last question. What is Eleanor's last name? Oh. Stumping us, Casey. Oh my gosh. This never happens to me. I well, it always do- happens to me. I never, <laughs> I never do this poorly. This is sad. Welcome to my world. How <laughs> does it feel? It's Before Van it. Teasdale. <laughs> All righty, y'all. Next week, we have another top requested guest coming on. And you probably already saw it if you saw uh, my tweet on Twitter. But he spilled the beans. I did very subtly too. I said Zach's <laughs> gonna come back, and he is. He's gonna be Ramon here. <laughs> Yay. So that's the first part of the good news. The second part of the good news is we talked to him forever. So it's a two-parter. Yay! Yay! So nice. We did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. Anything else you lovely ladies want to say? Trust the timing. Trust the timing. And enter our giveaway. Right. You need to be my friend then. (laughs) (laughs) Like you. (laughs) All right, y'all. Let us know what you thought about this episode. And we will see you next week. Back with Zach. (laughs) Yay! Bye. 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 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Deliver Me a Podcast. If you want to know what's going to happen next week, be sure you are following us on Twitter at Deliver Me a Pod and on Instagram at Deliver Me a Podcast. We also have a merch store where you can buy tons of post things for you and your friends. We'll see you next week.